AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is Kelly Henderson, and you are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. My guests today are Lana and Terry Kerr, who are the founders of one of my very favorite beauty brands, CO2 Lift. I mean, if you guys follow me on Instagram at Velvet's Edge, you know that I use these masks pretty religiously. And honestly, they are truly the one product that I recommend to my followers when they ask about my skin. So I've worked with Lana and Terry for years now, but today our conversation isn't about the mask. I wanted to talk to them about being black. Both Lana and Terry are black. And although it's not something I have ever thought about They felt like a very safe place for me as a white person to go ask questions about all the things going on right now, about racism, about white privilege, about their experience in both life and business. The more I've researched and the more I'm learning, I'm accepting some things about myself on these topics that have come as a huge surprise. Um, And I think it's time we all keep getting honest and continue to have these conversations in order to grow. I am super grateful for Lana and Terry's openness and the grace we were all able to give each other. These topics were not easy for any of us to navigate. Here's our conversation. Okay, so when I was talking to you guys a little earlier, I think that the thing that I have noticed over the past two weeks is, you know, when this first initially started, I was looking at all the police brutality and I was saying, oh my God, like this is not okay. This is terrible. And obviously we've been hearing about this for years. But I think over the last, you know, at least this last week and the last, the period of time since this has been happening on a bigger scale, I was just not really tying this into what people are now saying is white privilege, white supremacy. And I was just not thinking about that as even existing in my life. Um, 
you know, and I actually probably would have told you like, I don't see color. There's no chance I'm a racist. It's not anything I ever think about. But what I'm learning is that's kind of part of the problem. So what I wanted to talk to you guys about today was just your experience as black people, as black business owners, and just what we as white Americans can do right now and then what we could do long term. So Terry, let's start with you because I know you grew up in America. You said you grew up in Chicago, right? Correct. I grew up in South Side of Chicago. Okay, so what kind? What are some ways that you could look back and just know that maybe your life experience was, I don't know, a little different than my my life experience just because you were black? Well, that's a big. That has so many uh, implications. Uh, what I would start with is just to understand that. Just to have the conversation, the terminology that we all use, words mean things to people in different ways. Yeah. In in the black community, in in the America as itself, just the fact that we're talking about the fact that you're saying you're you're a black person in America, and there are some that says you're African American. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the city in Chicago, um, where I was born and raised, as I grew. I more lean towards the term of being called a black American, not an Mm African-American. Well, why? I, you know, in my experience, I don't know anything about Africa. I don't know. You and I both, neither one of us can tell where I came from. Right. Because I don't know. Right. So to term me as an African-American all automatically says something. But the fact is, I don't have any connection to Africa any more than you. Right. So why am I African-American? I could be wrong to some people but the truth is i prefer to be considered a black american because i'm you know my skin is dark and that we call it black okay we'll call it that i'm not necessarily black but i'm color there's color in me yeah so that alone starts the whole thought process it starts to identify and separate and create you know well what does this mean so um that alone is the beginning of our my particular experience um the truth be told, as I mentioned to my wife on many occasions, growing up on the south side of Chicago, my interactions at that time with white people were very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be based on circumstances that I was put in to go to the doctor or go to you know, the bank or something to that degree. But it wasn't necessarily a daily part of my life because there weren't any necessarily many if any, white people in my 10-block radius. So it's just a, you you just, you're not accustomed to dealing with each other. Right. And that was my experience growing up in the city. Okay. So you, what, you weren't even interacting in the same way. It's just very Correct. divided. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually reason. grew up the exact same way, but just the opposite, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And that was my experience growing up in the city. Right. You know, I was fortunate enough to have been able to not only live in that environment, but I've lived in, as a young person, pre-teens, I've lived in California, where I was in a mixed community. Okay. Uh, you know, an up-class, middle-class mixed community, which gave me a whole different perspective of life from that point of view. Like in what way? Just the exposure of being around kids of my age that didn't look like me and didn't come from the same environment as me 
and understand that these are just kids. We're just all kids trying to find our way and find people who care about us and that we like and want us spend our time and lives with. So yeah. that changed that. And when you realize that, it's like, okay, that's all. It opens your, 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 that connection, that environment opens your experience. So now right. you, you begin to think different. Right. Like maybe you didn't even realize you were different before. And then that kind of opens that up to there's a whole another world out there. It, it, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That I'm different, but they're different as well. Exactly. We're mm-hmm. all different. Right. In fact, you start realizing you're all different, even in the same house. Yeah. You know, and then my final experience was in high school where I was the only black male in my school. Oh, really? So I went from an extreme only, you know, all black high school environment, male, younger ages growing up, to the mix, to being the only black male in the school. What was that like? A lot of experiences. (laughs) But what I can tell you, my personal experience, what was it like? Um, It was, it turned into the grace of God, one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Wow. They're my lifelong heartfelt friends. And maybe it's a timing of life. You know how when you're in that teenage, you know, frame of mind, that became, those are my lifelong heartfelt friends because the ones that were younger, I don't have connection to. And, it, you know, those times pass. Yeah. So it certainly has grafted and affected my way of thinking because when I think of my lifelong friends, those are the ones that I think about. Yeah. Well, we were talking the other day because, um, your wife, Lana, hi, Lana, are you there? Hey, Hey, Kelly. Um, you know, Lana, you're from Jamaica and you point, you made such a great point to me that I have never thought about that being black in a different country, it, it isn't, it doesn't make you any different or it's not looked at as any different or as any less than in America, you have felt a different mentality. Is that, mm-hmm. is that how you would explain it? Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, I didn't even recognize racism uh-huh. until I was, or even the term until I was in university studying African psychology in Jamaica. Um, everybody, you know, you're brown or black or, well, fair skin. I mean, everybody's different shades of, of black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and for the most part, um, I think. But Jamaica also has Chinese black. Yes, they Jamaica has right. Jamaica black. has right. White, Jama- white Jamaica. Jama- 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 I mean, Chinese Jamaica. I'm sorry. This is this is what you talked about not talking together. But <laughs> no, it's okay. But we can yeah, hear you. Guys. But no, thank you, Terry. You know, Jamaicans are mixed. I mean, in different different rates. You have Chinese black. You have you have Chinese Jamaicans. You have white Jamaicans. You have black Jamaicans. You have brown Jamaicans. You have all different types of nationalities, ethnic nationalities. But we're all considered Jamaicans. We all kind of sound the same. Yeah. And so. You know, I've never and and then and then because of how I grew up in Jamaica, where I grew up, and the kind of what was open, the opportunities that were open to me, I've never, I've always, for instance, when I grew up in Jamaica, just because of my family, I've never had to wait, you know, wait in line at a bank. You know, I I, I was stopped by the police because of my license plate that I, I wouldn't get a ticket. I mean, I so I've always had a feeling of 
expectation that that's whole life was. Yeah. And so even when I moved here um, to America, when I when things didn't work out for me, I've never attributed it to me being a black person. I just I, I've never felt that way because I was I didn't have that experience of being denied based on the fact that I or felt less in any way. Right. Because uh, that's not how that wasn't my experience. That wasn't what circled around me. So I kind of grew up with that. However, in Jamaica, even though we may not have, you know, racial prejudice, I know that definitely there is a class structure. You know, you yes. kind of know based on, you know, you're exposed to certain things. And it, it is sort of, you know, it is true that, the you know, the lighter your skin, the more privileges and opportunities that you may get or the fact that you have you have to have a certain amount of money and to be into a certain group of people and so i kind of that so that kind of you know exists there as well so you know if you spoke to another jamaican as who they who who may not necessarily have those same um experience or privileges they may feel differently however i notice across the board Jamaicans never feel less based on their race, no right. matter what class they come from, because they feel in themselves, they, they've never had that. I think when slavery was abolished, and if mm -hmm. you look at how things progressed, we didn't have that period of segregation that was mm -hmm. here in the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't so direct. The laws never kind of facilitated a certain bias towards race. And so because of that, in ourselves and then you know and then you can go into the history of where the slaves come from you can hear all different stories you know the slaves that came to jamaica they you know the maroons that they got there they fought away right before the english you know came in so they were free for a very long time with a separate community outside of slavery i mean it just has a different dynamic right in jamaica and a lot of the islands and so yes our psyche is just a little different so I was exposed to that racial pred when I, as I said, when I was in university mm -hmm. and then we went into a class and we talked about African psychology and they talked about it and it was like, wow, it was actually just like how you're hearing it when you described it, mm -hmm. when you opened um, mm -hmm. the podcast, that's pretty much kind of where I am. I'm like, really? This, this is what people are experiencing. And yeah. no, especially during this time of watching, no educating myself, just like you are. It's absolutely horrifying because injustice on any front is disgusting to me however yeah. this is a this is this was something very eye-opening to myself as well because that's not necessarily been my experience growing up right yeah and I think that's really interesting too and I love that you guys are educating yourselves along with us because it is so like when I was reading and the more I've read the more I've read it has been so eye-opening and what you're talking about about the lasting effects of slavery you know what I'd never thought about was just the foundations that our country was built upon being built by a white man over and over and over. And, you know, and that those things, they work for me, maybe not as well as they work for a white man because I'm a woman, but for the most part, they work for my life. And so a lot of times as humans, I think, unfortunately, we don't see outside of our own experience. And that has been something that I'm starting to face in myself, you know, and not in that, like, I think any differently of anyone because of any sort of color of their skin, but that maybe my experience in life has been different because of that. 
Exactly. Just to say that, it's so interesting. My, I was talking to my father, and my father, very bright man, went to, he met my mother at Howard University in D.C. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, he graduated with his MBA, top of his class, and his first job, he got into um, an, a radio station. And it was, he was the token they had to hire a certain amount of black people. Oh, he was yeah. that percentage. And then he, so he was glad to be working, but he was paid less. He was responsible to get that dying radio station to, to be the number one station in that area. And when his boss took the whole team out for a vacation somewhere in um, Virginia, he was, they, they all got bonuses. He wasn't given one. Hmm. Yet he was the one responsible. He got a lower salary. Now, how did it affect him? I'm just trying to show the difference. Now, so yeah. the difference, his mentality, just him talking to him about it, he didn't feel it wasn't he wasn't upset to the he just saw it as, you know, something I'm going to leave this job. I, I'm going to leave them and go somewhere else with my talent. It, it was just his experience, I think, as a Jamaican man made him even though he was facing injustice in a terrible way based on his race it it he never felt less in any way because of it or he he just felt like he was going to match aggression with aggression i i don't know do, am i saying it correctly terry uh, i wouldn't use the word aggression but uh, he i understand what you're saying i mean his choice was that because he was so his confident within himself that he said he felt he would just leave and go and do what he does well right. somewhere else and let himself and others benefit from it. And they would be the it would be at their loss. Mm-hmm. And that's the correct way, I think, of thinking about it. Um, that wouldn't necessarily be the exact way uh, uh, a black American male would have experienced it. Depending on what his experiences were, he wouldn't he may have dealt with it totally different. Well, and I think what we're right. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is so much of that frustration. And unfortunately, you know, it's like we're all seemingly hearing it right now. I don't know if it was the quarantine. I don't know if it was just it's so much bigger, but it's been happening for so long, you know, and it's just for some reason now, all of a sudden people are seeming to hear it. Yes. And it it is something that's been happening for so long. And I, you know, I think. In my opinion, um, and of course, this is only one person's opinion, again, I always want to make sure that it may have started at when the country was in its inception, it started on the wrong foot. um, And we understand that. That's a part of history. It is what it is. We can learn from that. Right. But as time has progressed, in my opinion, the the. Access and the quality obviously has gotten hundreds of times better. We get that. But there's an underlying, at some point, it's not, it's like, well, my, you know, if I tell my son, you know, be, you know, the system of the man, who's the man? Well, right. he says, with that, who's the man? Well, there is no man anymore. There used to be the man. The man was the white man at the top who said, this is how it's going to be, and you're going to live by it or die by it. End the story. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. There's no man that decides this, but the system was created on that. So that top pressure down that has been infiltrated all the way down to the lowest person has been something that has become acceptable. So now the system 
is the man because now the system runs without anyone saying it has to. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying with in my own life. And I've even read some articles that are saying, you know, like why people right now are making such a big stink about this and like really fighting. But like long term, is this going to last? Because the reality that as a white person you have to face is that systematically, like what you're saying, systemically, excuse me, what you're saying is things will have to change. Like it is a bigger deal than just a conversation that we need to have. I agree. And I believe it's a, it's a, it's a, it has to change. But when you say change, Mm -hmm. I think growth. Yeah. I like that. I do too. It's growth. It's just growth. Right. Um, Wherever it started from, we get that. And we need to acknowledge that. And we need to understand that's our history. And we, we've grown from there to here, but we have to continue to grow. And there's just so many conversations in between that. Right. And every one of our experiences are different. So as I mentioned to you, my experience, um, you know, I can skip forward through Chicago. That's inner city life, you know, dealing more on the, not moron, but in the impoverished side of it. Yeah. Um, I understand that. I know what it looks like. Um, I come from a very large family. Um, what I consider large, I found some that are larger, but you know, I have 13 aunts and three uncles and they all have three to four to five kids. So I personally have a humongous family. Yeah. Um, our family reunions are just our family. We can't even meet with the other families. Otherwise we have to be at a stadium. (laughs) 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 All right. So it's that experience I, I I've had and I know what that looks like. And so my family can range from the darkest color to the lightest color within my own family. Right. And right. Everything in between. So I see that, but my experience. So when you're in that environment, you're just living your life. You're not experiencing it. You're just, that's your life. Mm-hmm. But now my experience, when I went to high school, upstate New York, where I was the only black kid, I can tell you, you know, have you ever experienced racism? Yeah. My first day of school, the bus came to my bus stop. The guy, the, the, the gentleman opened the door, looked at me and closed the door and kept rolling. Oh my God. I said, you're, you ain't getting on this bus. I don't, I don't know why not. I thought I was at the right stop. No other buses came down that road. So I'm figuring this is my bus. Yeah. And it wasn't until my parents, my mom corrected the matter that they allowed me on the bus. Wow. So that's the first major memory that I can say, well, why didn't I was still a kid? Why didn't you let me on the bus? Mm-hmm. And now you get on the bus and you're the only kid that looks like you. Right. Or where, where do you sit? Everyone's afraid or they were many, you know, shirking back and the whole, you know, they were confused. They had never seen this either. Yeah. So I told my wife, I says, you know who I ended up sitting with in my first few days or, you know, first experiences of going to school? It was the long haired, leather jacket, Marlboro smoking, boot wearing, you know, you know, uh, head rocker kid that the other kids were afraid of, too. Yeah. But guess what? He said, hey, man, sit next to me. Yeah. And we began a relationship and a friendship from that moment and that group of people became a part of my friendships right mm-hmm. from then mm-hmm. because we were both looked at as outcasts mm-hmm. for some reason and that's my first experiences of that 
being directed directly towards me. And of course, in that situation, I'm, I'm alone. So it's really just you right. trying to navigate how to deal with this, how to feel about it. Well, and I think about high school, too. I mean, that is the time where you just want more than anything to fit in. You know, like everyone's so insecure in their own bodies. And you're just I have this ideal, I guess, that kids would be much more accepting. And maybe they are to some degree now, but or in different places. But um, yeah, I mean, because immediately I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Immediately you, you feel like it's like a spotlight is on you. I could imagine just like everyone looking at you or like not knowing how to act. Have you dealt with anything specifically because you guys own your own business? So it has, have you felt it in a business sense at all that it's affected you or made things harder to get started or like with certain clients? Has it made any difference? I, I think that, uh, you know, going back to me, Kelly and my experience, I mean, again, remember I don't see when, when things come in my face that yeah. I get turned around my first response is not that is because I'm black you, you right, know that's not what right. I mean. you I don't even I identify mean. it I don't even in fact I remember when I just came into the skincare business and you know you you're at the event and it's it, 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 I'm at the event and I was being introduced to another woman who was successful and it, my, the, story, the advice that I got was, you know, stay in my lane. I didn't even understand what she meant. I mean, I, and I responded based on that. I responded that, you know, my lane, I said, well, I was a successful CPA. I was, a. I told all, all of the success. I said, so yes, I'm new to the skincare business. So I guess this will just be one of those things that I will succeed in as well. I never, well, when I was telling my husband, when I was telling my husband about it, he felt that it was because of that. Like that oh, was wow. what he, he said, you know, you know why she said that? And I said, no, cause she's an idiot. And he said, no, it's because of this. You know what I'm saying? So I think that for me, and I'll go back to the business question. Too. So you see how she would see it different than me. Totally. Just because that same statement. Yes. But her life experience hadn't shown that yet. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think Kelly, before we get back to the business, I think the only time when I was because when, when I was thinking about this podcast and we're talking about it, the only time that I have ever felt that way was in relation to to my son. You know, okay. I, I mean, here it is. So he's growing up in a household with you know his father who feels when and I feel this way, and then most of my family they're all Jamaicans, and so they they he's indoctrinated into something. So there was an experience in his high school where there was a, a fight. Now here it is. He's always bright, top of his class. He's football, uh, sorry, basketball team, good looking as Dickens. And I'm like, he's perfect, right? Yeah. So when the fight <laughs> came out and they immediately, and I, it was on, it was on recorded because it was on someone else's phone. They recorded and he immediately was going to be suspended. I'm thinking, why? I'm thinking, I'm thinking all these things, why he's liked, liked, and now they're going to suspend him. I'm saying it's because of this. It's obviously the only thing I can think is because he's black Yeah. and the school that he goes to is primarily white or white light skin spanish you know so it's it's, well it's one of the largest high schools in the country but it's also very affluent and of course he's top of his class and never ever had a problem in school i mean like you don't even come home with a c here yeah that's you're not you're just not trying so his lifestyle mindset are where we live the whole nine yards and yet when this happened the what we saw, saw as the way that it was being handled was not being handled in a justly and a circumstance based on that particular circumstance that was clearly seen. Um, and in Lana's opinion at, at the time, the only thing she could come up with is like, 
if I went through all the check marks, like what did he do wrong other than get up that morning and be, be a black kid yeah. and go to school? Like hmm. what could he have done other than run? You could see him running down the hallway trying to avoid the fight. I guess you could. Or he could stand still and say, listen, I don't want to fight. Like, leave me alone. I don't want to do this. Like, what else was he supposed to do to prove that he wasn't? And so in, that, in her mind, she's like, well, it had to be because he was black. Yeah. Now, in her mind, and I think ultimately we come to the conclusion, it wasn't just because he, black, he was black, but the other student was also black, too. Mm. What, it, what I've come to the understanding is that it didn't matter. You're both black. We don't like what's happening. So the easiest thing is just to get rid of you. Mm. So we'll just send you to a repertory school mm-hmm. and just you'll learn your lesson and you'll know better. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't justice because he one of them was the aggressor for his own reason. And it was clear that, he, you know, my son was doing his best to not be in the situation, but it was unavoidable. Yeah. So that was the ultimate. So was anyone purposely doing anything wrong to my son? purposely to him directly because he was black i say the answer is no i just saw it as the ultimate the system kind of relegates you're not that important listen it's easy for me just to do this and just move on with the rest of my day then the work at the justice that you deserve because mm-hmm. if it was in my thing if it, and other instances have happened when it's they're white children. That's not how it's handled. Right. You see, so that's what it is. And, and you know, and I saw a documentary the other day, which was very interesting, uh, where they it was a study done at Yale University when teachers they were told teachers were being their their eye movements and all of that was being studied to see how they're going to respond. And they told them there was a white preschool. It was preschools preschool kid, a black and white boy and, boy and girl. girl, and a and a and yeah, two black children and two white children and they told the teachers that this something look for some problems that are going to happen and in bad behavior bad behavior and in all the instances the teachers automatically looked to the black boy Mm. automatically in fact when they were shown the results they were very embarrassed because they couldn't they all felt that they weren't prejudiced but it was just something inside of them that made them feel that if someone was going to give the problem it was going to be the black boy. So that just tells you. you Yes. It's not even, it's not even, we're not aware. It's not conscious. That's a part of the system that we're talking about that. It's just like, it's ingrained into us. And and, and the truth was none of the kids were doing anything wrong. But the point is that if you look hard enough, if you look hard enough and long enough, yes, somebody's going to give a problem, and it's going to be that person. Yeah. Whereas all the kids could have. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's the same. You can create it by looking for it. You can create it by looking for sure. it, and that's what's the that's what's the the underlying tone. And I. But, but Kelly, I, I didn't want to um, forget this point because you did ask about our business. Yeah. And there has been another. I'll, I'll give you a scenario that you maybe you can understand, or you may be shocked by it. So when we first got into this particular business, um, by the way, we've been, we've been in business for over 20 years together mm-hmm. as a married couple. Like that's a whole nother. I was going to say, wow, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, like for sure. <laughs> but in this environment, there's very few, my, I'll use the word minority owned companies. Okay. Black owned. There's very yeah. few. So in this environment, you know, 
we're competing like every other company to get visibility for our products and services so that we can add value to our customers. And that's, you know, we want to give our best and we want our people to be happy, our customers and to spread like everyone else. But when we're in this environment, conscientiously, we've had to make decisions that in many of the occasions, we don't even represent ourselves as the owner of the business right away. Really? We have have white people who work for us, Spanish people who work for us. It's automatically understood when someone comes in, it's just air. When they come to our environment, they assume that we work for the other persons. Wow. Not that we're the owners. And you just kind of let them go along with that. A lot of times. Of course, of course, wow. because it's not a conversation to be had at the moment. Yeah. But the truth is we have to internalize that in moment in the moment. Right. Deal with it because our job is to express the benefits that our company is going to bring sure. to the potential client, not to create some social conversation at the moment. So mm. we're going to we we had to in, in multiple occasions not make that visible until it's necessary. And yeah. then it's like, by that point, you know, we've made our point. So now it's a business decision, not a you know a personal one. But can you imagine that you can't even represent yourself because you right. are going to be judged before they can even know what you have? Yeah. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
No, I mean, actually, I can uh, I can't imagine that because I do I do think that is a lot of the ways that it feels to be a woman sometimes is that you yes. you do have some people just make assumptions and or they you have to downplay yourself to make other people comfortable and it's weird it doesn't feel good right um, it feels unnecessary and it sure, feels but... completely unnecessary I agree with yeah. you well so moving with that other than making assumptions and like educating ourselves what do you guys think are ways that we continue this growth and this change and this this I don't know acceptance almost to where you guys aren't feeling like you have to do even small things like that like you can just live your life and be you what do you have do you have any sort of suggestions or specific things that you could say especially as a white person that I could do differently well from my standpoint you know I've given this a lot of thought I'm not you know I don't think it's ever it hasn't come to a conclusion of anything. Yeah. But one of the things I feel is a, you know, black Americans, we want to be seen as Americans. Okay. Okay. We, every, so every Lana comes, she, you know, she was raised in Jamaica. There's, you know, there's, you know, people from Ireland, England, there's people from Spain, there's people from Germany. They have where they come from. That's, 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 well finding acceptable they feel at home in their home because that's where they're from yeah well this is our home right this is our home i am an american i want to be treated with all the rights and dignity and 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 benefits that being american means Mm -hmm. so ultimately all i want is equality i don't want anything more i don't want you giving me anything i don't want you to give me anything i want to work for whatever i can accomplish on my own i just want to be be completely equal with the same possibilities that every other american who is an american by whether born or become a citizen have the right to be a citizen with all the benefits completely period in the story yeah just let me be equal yeah the thing is, the thing is, Kelly, how do you do that? That's, That's what, a, what, yeah. what is the action thing? How do Because you yeah. think you do it. It's like I think about, you think about, like I think of a show like The Voice. Think of that, sh- the, int- the, 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 how that show is based. They are, ju- they don't even see the contestants. Their chair is turned. Oh, They're good, judging yeah. people simply by the tone and the talent that they're demonstrating through singing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So they can, they feel that by doing that, they can give an unbiased opinion. Because if they know, tur- when, when if you saw like the American Idol show, they're looking at their whole image and that's right. going to sell. But they're looking, so if we see, first of all, every, in no race as special, black people, white people not special, black people not, Chinese people not, no, black, yellow people not special, everyone is just a complicated individual. Mm-hmm. And if you can just take away that, and see them for what it is underneath and what they do and how they say. That is a hard thing to do because you're not the voice. You have to turn your chair and you're looking yeah. at the individual. And people are going to have biases. That's just how how it is. I mean, in Jamaica, I grew up, their biases based on a preference of, mm-hmm. of complexion or whatever. You, you're growing up with a set of things and people identify with people who relate more to them. I mean, you could have, you know, which... If 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 uh, you know if you talk to I was talking to this 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 father the other day, and he was telling me that he actually favors one of his children. 
his two ch- two children, he favors one of them. Can you imagine? His two children. He's, but he, he cannot tell the per- he cannot tell the public that he does. He no. tells them, "I love you both the same. I love you both the same." But he has to consciously put in his mind where he's giving candy. He's not going to give. You know, he's going to try and be equal. Right. And so I think that in t- the, you talk about the mechanics of it. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. This is your nature. You're, this is you. Ultimately, you could prefer based on what relates more to you. You're a white what person. What you're more comfortable you're, with. You're, you're, you're more comfortable with white people. So you're going to, maybe that's going to be innately, that's what you're going to prefer. Okay, so what do you have to do? Like that parent, you have to be fair. You have to consciously say, you know something? I am going to be fair to my lesser liked child. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're going to be fair. So you have to consciously as an individual do that and all of us i mean you know terry was saying the other day the true litmus test in a family is who if your son or your daughter walked in the door like in our case in my case my son walked in with a red hair white woman yeah girl how am i going to feel yeah well the truth is it's going to be like what the hell? Startling. Like in my head, mm-hmm. you know, in my head, I have to yeah. now work around it. But because like I don't look like me, she doesn't look like me. Right. You understand? And it's going to be the same for you. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna. You are, I'm, I'm just speaking generally. You may not be, but generally speaking, I think that's just general human nature. So, I think so. in order to be fair, you're going to need to make a conscious effort mm-hmm. and just relax and say, you know something, I'm going to give this person a fair opportunity. And that's what you, there's not besides. I mean, that's what you individuals can do. White people can do. I, I, black people can do it, too. But the point is that the system is kind of more geared. And that's another conversation towards the success of white people. That's just simply how the system I hear from other people talking and I'll hear black people talking on TV. And some of them are saying otherwise. And I say to myself, are they freaking crazy? Yeah. Maybe that has not been their experience. But the, if you look and question the majority of people. You're going to see that people, that is generally, that's how the system is made. So you have to recognize that and make a conscious decision as an individual to really be, give people a fair chance. That's just to grow past it. It's something that we're going to have to grow past because ultimately everyone has preferences and the white and black thing, the white is what you're more used to and that's what you're going to feel more comfortable. That's just the truth. Yeah. And I actually love that. And that story you guys told about the teachers, because that just goes to prove how unconscious it is. And I think that if what you're saying about make it conscious, think about what your even what your first judgment is, and then fight past it, you know, and really get to know whoever it is, or give the same opportunities to different races. I think that's a great thing. Another thing that Terry brought up the other day that I just absolutely loved was Maybe the fear of if we open up, if we make this an equal playing field, like the scarcity fear, you know, like maybe there won't be as much for white Americans. And so we instinctually maybe want to like fight off and say, no, 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 no. We got to keep things the way they are. And you made such a good point because you're like, this is an abundant world. There is so much. There's enough for everyone. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. And I I think um, where that idea comes from, again, you know, we. We understand that the universe is, is is vast and is constantly expanding. So there is no lack in the universe, and in our world, there's no lack within our our world that we live in. Now, if you you know you keep boiling down, you go into you, you know our country. So we know we live in one of the most abundant countries, the most successful countries in the world, and the idea that there's so much that we 
all have access to and have and should deserve Mm -hmm. that we're in this together like that goes back to being an american If, if 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 it's about america being great then america's only as great as the the, 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 the lowest person in the country. Right. As all Americans. So if we, if we can expand and, and allow everyone to grow, then the whole country, everybody grows. Mm-hmm. There's never a lack. Nobody, no one ever has the exact same thing, but there's no, there's no point of, of, of purposely, um, shutting down avenues of success for a certain people so that this other group can have more. Right. In reality, there. In reality, you're really hurting yourself because the less you expand, the less you, less you allow to expand, the less you will expand. Right. And so that goes back to the system. Is it a person? Is it a a particular person or, uh, uh, who allows this to happen? I don't believe so. We're past all that. It's the system that's been infiltrated from the top all the way to the bottom that has the scarcity mentality. And that system is running that is affecting all of us, whether we're on one side or the other or we're black or we're white. We all are looking at the same system from different points of view. And that abundance view is what we want, I think, mm-hmm. when we see that and then we see that we're all in it collectively. Yes. And then, Kelly, look at when there's a crisis. When there's a crisis in a country, in a community, in this case, we just seen a, we're in the crisis right now. Right. Um, but if if God forbid, when if and who wants to even think of the the the, the, the W word of war? If this country was involved in a war that we all had was mandated to be a part of, right? As a country to survive and thrive again, would anyone care what color the person is that is fighting for the same life that we're trying to protect? No chance. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, how do we move from in that moment that these and we've been in those times and then we come back and we forget? I know. It's, yeah. it's so. I don't know but what to, the word for it. But to speak to that, Kelly, too, to add even a different dimension, you raise the idea of you, know, you look at yourself as a woman and having to to um, to kind of sometimes hide that fact even in business. Yeah. Well, if you look at it from that point of view, I think that when we recognize that every – the fact that when women started to get more opportunity mm-hmm. throughout, the, throughout not only this country but really world, over the world, and which is still continuing to go on, is there now a lack because men have allowed women to be – beside them no there's only only an expansion it's only gone better because every one of us have a value that we can add Mm -hmm. every one of us have a different perspective that we can add and so therefore everyone including white black yellow all everyone has a value that can contribute to the whole and it can it just makes the pie bigger that's all so i think that if we can but it starts with education. It starts with change. Education on both sides. Education, because, you know, even even blacks have a mentality that black sometimes is not good. We, we sometimes think that something's too black. If you look at it, you, you even we can feel that way sometimes. What? So, you know, we need to understand we, black people, are as good. Or, or we are, we are, we are 
there's no, you know, we're not less. No you less, know I, mean? I think yes. sometimes in the psyche, you feel you were no, no one is less. We're all equal in God's eyes. Yeah. And we all have potential. But it starts with from your young, from the parents telling your, your children this, from the white people telling their white children this, from the black people telling their black children this. And then they can see it and continue to go. And then, and hopefully one day things will be different. But it's education. Mm-hmm. It's changing the psychology of everyone, which is going to take time. But the fact of the matter is it starts with acknowledgement. And I think that that's what is taking place right now, that you're recognizing and not hiding, blinding yourself. Oh, there's nothing. It is. And yes, I heard the concept, too, that people say, OK, we have to stop talking about racism. If you stop talking about it, it won't exist. I, you know, I believe that things buried alive never die. And the, what the, po- the point is, is that it was never buried properly. Yeah. And that's why it's still not it's still living. So until we can bury it properly, then eventually we don't have to talk about racism. We don't have to talk about black and white. We just talk mm-hmm. about the, hum- the race, the human race. You understand? Yeah. And that is now a whole different subject. Yeah, I actually think the conversations are extremely important to have. I mean, I that's what I was telling you guys. Like, I just did not identify with any of that until I kept reading and kept reading. And I was like, wait, I just didn't even think about that my experience being different. Um, I do think as a white person, I can say this sometimes I I would like to keep the conversation going, but it's a little scary right now. And like, we don't know exactly the right thing to say. The chance to offend seems extremely high right now. And so it's hard, you know, you want to say something, but then you're like, what do I say? So is there something that as a white American, we could say in support of a black American right now or what is it that you guys, what is it, what's helpful to hear from us? Well, well, f- well first of all, I would want to say that I'm sorry that that's the case. You, you said, what's the right thing to say? I can't, I don't know what's the right thing to say. Yeah, that's a good point. Why, why, what the right thing is for me to be willing to listen to you too. Yeah. I don't know what you, what your point of view is and why it is. The point is, I should be willing to listen to your point of view with an open mind, without a preconceived decision and idea prior. So why do you have to now think about what you what's right before you can say it to me to wonder if I'm going to take it right? And then it's it already it already starts to stifle the conversation, period. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Having the freedom and right and will to be able to speak your mind from your point of view. And then we can then begin to see the commonalities more than the differences. Yeah. I I think, though, Kelly, Kelly, that's a valid question, though. I understand exactly what she's saying, because no matter it's very you're going to be judged based on what you're in the social media. You're going to judge on what you post. Mm -hmm. You're going to judge on what caption you say. What you what everyone is looking at everyone right now. So it's yeah. very difficult to say. It's hard for me to tell you that, too, because the point is, uh, after this conversation you posted, you may hear people. What is hell is she saying? What is she right. talking about? Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure only I will. I'm only speaking from my point of view. Right. And obviously everyone has a point of view, even within this in our household. And we have four of us in our household, my husband, myself, my two boys, and all of us have a different point of view. Wow. And we're in the same household. Yeah. So it's very difficult to, to answer that question. All I can say is I appreciate the fact that we're having the conversation. I appreciate that you have enough courage to even continue or start a conversation. That speaks, and I think that by continuing to do that, by continuing to give opportunity to black 
own businesses mm-hmm. it's a great thing because they don't necessarily have because one of the things is not is a, is a lack of resources too the lack of resources the lack of access to capital the lack of access to human capital which is like you we're blessed to have you in our life and you as a part i feel blessed at that but uh, but black businesses need i think I would say for my, I like the fact that I have that opportunity. And I think by giving more opportunity to people, if they have a good quality product, that mm-hmm. should be the only thing and give them an opportunity to speak. Having more of those things, highlighting or shining a okay. light on that. That is what, for, on a business side, what would work, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and that's, not a, that's not a patronizing request. Yeah. Because we're talking about value. So is it, when Lana brought the fact about how black people deal with businesses if i'm gonna go buy a buy a pair of nike i can buy it from a a a store in the black neighborhood or i can buy it in a white neighborhood well the tendency has been that blacks when they had the funds to do so they would move more towards the whiter stores because it made them feel better for some reason to purchase from there well we're trying to say the value was there in both both places well why can't it just why do we have to have this over looming idea that there's something lesser one way or another okay just see the value yeah that makes and total sense. And let people live on their own value, their own work, what they're going to contribute. Yeah. Well, speaking of value, I mean, you guys have one of my top beauty products and we have been working together for years, which I feel blessed about too, because I'm obsessed with your product. So it's, it's a mutually <laughs> beneficial relationship. But if anyone follows me on Instagram, my Instagram's at Velvet's Edge, you hear me talking about this CO2 mask pretty religiously. I mean, especially in quarantine, I've been doing a ton of them because I was not able to do any of my other beauty routines. And so it was the, it's the best at home, anti-aging skin, perfecting moisture building product that I own truly. So I I, I would have to agree. (laughs) (laughs) And we love to hear you talk about our child that way. That's our other child. That's your other baby, huh? Yes. My other baby. Yes. And actually Lana and I have done a podcast before talking about both the face mask and the, also the V mask, which I'm going to let you explain both of the products, but tell me a little bit about the business and just give people the backstory just so they can understand um, what this mask does. So, yes. Okay. So the mask basically is a first delivery system of CO2, carbon dioxide to the skin that involves no pain. So we came upon it. We we first were introduced to it through the injectables. And we were looking for a way to be able to do this without any pain. And we worked with, well, some scientists had developed this and we license the 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 license that technology and we use it in the co2 lift so on the face and the 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 upstairs and the downstairs we'll call it that (laughs) you take care (laughs) of all the stairs we take care of all of them and um, we're very happy we're very happy we have a lot of science behind it we have all the clinicals show this so yes and like yourself uh kelly i was doing a lot of the co2 because i was kind of inside my home i wasn't able to go and get the procedures but the truth of the matter is the co2 lift mask is just as effective as doing a laser or any kind of laser or radio frequency of the skin it's tightening the skin it's building collagen but it's also one of the key things too that that's not able to do it's hydrating the skin yeah which is very important in youth you know my favorite quote when it comes to that you don't get old you dry up and this is a way you know we can drink water a gallon of water 
every day, which is actually good for our bodies, but it's not necessarily hydrating our skin on our face. So this is like an IV for the face. If you want to keep looking firm, your skin full of water, definitely the CO2 lift mask is a way, it's the simplest, most effective way to do that and most affordable way. Yeah. And then for the Go ahead. And, oh, I was sorry. just going to say, I love your analogy because to me, this is exactly what's ha- what happens to my face every time I do this. But you talk about how it's like if you, um, when a grape dries up, it looks like a raisin. And, you mm-hmm. know, my skin can start to look like that. It can just look dry and dull. And then I'll do the mask. And, and, and I think your description of it turning back into a plump grape is the perfect example of exactly what happens. So I always tell that people that one. But go ahead. We're yeah. going to talk about the yeah. V mask. And then the V, you know, the V. I mean, my, my husband is here. It's one of the best things that we've had in our relationship because, <laughs> <laughs> because it has, well, you know, um, it, it has, re- what it has done, it just brings back attention to, um, something that you use in a very sacred act in a sec- sacred way. And it brings back focus and enjoyment in a very um just to, like when you're in when you're in your 20s it brings that back so it makes that part of an intimate relationship very enjoyable very meaningful and um and it's it's done it's as simply as doing it in in the privacy of your home so you know for you don't have to have something wrong with it it just it just as much as you take care of your skin on your face it's 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 you're taking care of there you're preventing the things that will happen as you get older mm-hmm. of which is which is really decreased you know, lubrication, you know, decreased sensitivity, laxity, those things with a CO2 lift V, you can get that back. So women who just have had children, you know, if you're going through like perimenopausal, menopausal, if you're just medication can affect that area, this very effectively and quickly will bring it back to, you know, youthful functionality. Right. And I know, yeah, a lot of my friends have had kids and they are like, do I need to do vaginal rejuvenation? You know, like all of these things go through our minds because our bodies change so much. So I actually have this on my list of things to try. I'm very excited about it. I'm sure my boyfriend will be too. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. (laughs) Very much, very much so. So if you, I mean, definitely that is an area that I think, and that's another. And and that's how we know it's not a placebo. Right. You tried it yourself. Right. But the, but the your partner will notice the difference. Oh, really? That's interesting. Very interesting. It's, it's outside of his experience and yet he experiences it. Right. So good for everyone. I like that. Um, Actually, we've worked together so long that I have a code because they are so kind to give you guys 15% off of all their mask and it's VE 15. So make sure if you do go to their website to put that in at checkout to get that 15% off. Um, Where else can people find you guys? Well, really, it's CO2lift.com. Okay. CO2lift.com is where um, you're going to find, you know, the, even and, and even providers who want to definitely carry it in their practice. When they go to CO2lift, you have the for professional section is oh, there. Oh, okay, great. But you can find you can find information on the the mask. Uh, for the face, the one for the vagina, on vaginal restoration, and um, another product that is well, the other products that are there. But also, I would like to just give a shout out to the va- uh, the CO2 lift carboxy mousse, which is like um, if you think about daily conditioner for your hair, yeah. that's like what that is. And then the CO2 lift mask is like a deep conditioner. So the Ooh. mask, the mousse, is very effective as a daily use okay. to keep your skin hydrated as well as um 
moisturize and it um, it blocks pigment pigmentation as well. Oh, that's good to know. I always think when I think of you guys, I just think moisture, moisture, moisture. So if anyone out there is struggling with skin or you're feeling dull or it sounds like hair, everything, vagina rejuvenation, <laughs> all of it, <laughs> this is your product. VE15 is the code. Lana, Terry, thank you guys for doing this. I mean, I think all of us were like, we don't know if we want to have this conversation, but I'm really glad that we did. I feel like it's been very helpful to me. And I hope for all of you listening that um, we keep having these conversations. I just am really grateful for you guys for being here today. I really, really appreciate you having us, Kelly. I really appreciate you as a person about what you do. And I like your podcast, the information you put out. So, and just even for working with us on with, with the, the products as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I thank you as well um, for having the conversation as uncomfortable as it can be at times, yeah. but it's, it, it's something we're forced to look at. So let's do our best to grow past this and keep being more inclusive yes and keep expanding everything and the other thing i want to be clear and i hope your your listeners understand is that you've been working with us long before this conversation yes, has come long and before. there's many, many companies just like yours so there are many of us we're more like-minded than we're not that is true we just, sometimes the media and things we see we highlight or we see the opposite mm-hmm. but the fact is we are closer than we're than we're apart yes we really i love that that is so true because we've been in each other's lives for years now and it's still like i said it's one of my very favorite beauty products so i will always support you guys again thank you, so thank you thank for you. being here and thank you guys so much for listening let's keep these conversations going bye thank you, thank you. infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber. Not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.